I went carnivore when I was 46 because I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's. I had it when I was 40. I had it during my 30s. It was just never diagnosed. But I, I got the diagnosis at 46 when I thought I was going through menopause. It wasn't menopause, it was that. And so I'd already done the work, you know, was doing the research about it, following Sean Baker, all of that, and um, had a few clients keen to try it. So as soon as I got that diagnosis, I'm like, right, that's it. So that was one part of my healing, going carnivore. And I'd say I'm 99.9% carnivore now still, and I love it. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Meek Medic Podcast. Now, today I have my very special guest, Tracy McBeath, with me today. And uh, she is the health and healing coach, podcaster, author, mum of five. Uh, and with a great background that started all this journey off, I believe. So Tracy, maybe if you could uh, give us a, a little bit of your story, uh, short or long version is absolutely fine. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Um, so inspired by people like yourself, you know, in the medical field, just changing at, you know, changing the space from the grassroots level. You know, I know it's not easy to do, you know, as a health coach, it's a little easier for me because I'm not tied to any sort of restrictive dogma, if you like, or ways of doing things. So I, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing and um, so honoured to be here today. So, you know, oh, long or story, sorry, short story, I've <laughs> been in the health space as in the low-carb space for nearly 10 years now. So it has changed a lot in the time that I've been in it. Um, some good, some not so good. Um, but I think it's just a movement that uh, has to happen and it has to happen from the ground up. And, you know, people like us just sort of getting in there, showing people what's possible, showing people you know, that we can try something different, that, you know, we have to probably take a little bit more control of our health than maybe we're led to believe. Uh, and, you know, really just giving people access to the information that is so hard, isn't it, for people to find sometimes. So, um, yeah, I was diagnosed with prediabetes, fatty liver at 40. I was a personal trainer. I was a mum of four at the time scared the pants off me um you know couldn't understand it been following what i you know thought was right yes i did drink too much yes i did emotionally eat all of that stuff has come into my healing journey but you know overall i ate what i thought was healthy but what i now see is just carbs it was just all grains healthy whole grains too many bread too much bread too much pasta too much rice with just a little bit of the good stuff uh, to supplement. So I didn't know, uh, but once I was, had that diagnosis, I I was, I think I went through a bit of a, uh, a period of mourning in a lot of ways because I sort of thought, well, how could I have got it so wrong? And I'm in a, a personal trainer. I wasn't very good, clearly, um, but <laughs> I uh, was giving people that wrong advice too. I'm thinking I, I have to find out what's going on. So it really led me down. And my husband, uh, we both did it together down a path of just trying to find out what was going on. And, you know, through David Gillespie, through Prof Tim Noakes, through Mark Sisson, through a lot of the early pioneers in the space, after Stephen Finney, I I really learned that I had it all totally wrong. And um, that was the start. You know, the diet, it can't help but unravel so much in your life because it's kind of like, hey, if I've believed this 
for most of my life. What else have I got to challenge? What else is out there? And that's what my 10-year journey has been like. I um, was lucky enough to have or fortunate enough to have another child easily after I had changed my diet. So there was definitely insulin resistance. Well, obviously insulin resistance. We struggled to have number four, but number five came quite easily. And he's such a different child. Uh, he, he's my only one that I, you know, hasn't sort of gone straight from breast or bottle to the, the rice cereals. And he's never had mm. breakfast cereal. He's never had juice. He's never had flavored yogurt. He's never had a, a lot of the stuff that my other children had every single day for many years. Um, yeah. And he's, 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 he's interesting. He's my little experiment. Um, but you know, as we as we learn better, as we see better, we do better. And I could only do the best with what I knew. But you know, I think taking control and taking responsibility, doing the hard things—it wasn't easy. Changing the diet of myself, my husband, and all my children—you know—which are now twenty-one down to eight, but at that time were a lot younger, a little bit more resistant—was challenging. But you can't unlearn this stuff once you learn it. And, you know, what people think is a treat, I think it's not a treat when I know I'm damaging the health of my children and their future. So, yeah, that's a long, that's the short one. <laughs> yeah, that's the short version. Yeah, I mean, I think there's obviously a lot a lot to unpack there and a few things I want to just want to talk about. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think certainly as parents, uh, you know, a lot of parents are going to be listening. A lot of parents have been commenting on, on my YouTube videos, you know, getting in touch through the podcast and so on. And, you know, and asking that, what, what, what do I feed my kids? You know, do I, should I give them these treats? Um, are they harmless? Are they harmful? Um, I think you're absolutely right. All parents are really just trying to do the best that they know how. And the problem is the messaging. It's very mixed out there. Um, and the idea that everything in, in moderation is okay. And I know I've ranted about that on one of my other episodes. Um, I, I don't, I don't believe that everything in moderation is okay i mean if something is harmful it's harmful you know really um if it's a a little bit harmful you're metabolically healthy look okay fine most kids are metabolically healthy but it's what does it lead to yeah that's that's the thing i agree and i hate that message i think that everything in moderation message is such a trap and it's just such a it's the wrong way to look at it it is because it's asking people to moderate hyper addictive unmoderatable foods and they know that people are going to struggle with this. They know that people are going to suffer. And yet they kind of say, this is all, you know, perfectly fine. Um, obviously, there's going to be parents listening to this, you know, wondering what to feed their kids. I mean, my personal perspective is a tiny little bit of something bad every now and then is not going to kill them as long as that's where it where it ends. But it can become a very, very slippery slope, um, especially with kids, excuse me, especially with kids. Um, and I hear it all the time, people saying they haven't got time, they're rushing around, busy parents, you know, maybe two parents, single parent families, they're both working, um, you know, single parent working, et cetera. Like, yeah, I get it completely. I mean, I'm exactly the same. Um, but I think you do just have to put that little bit of effort in sometimes with your kids and just they, then you, they will they will see those rewards. Mm. Um, interesting that you say, of course, you, you really just didn't struggle to get pregnant with the fifth. Um, cause you've got five kids. I mean, that must be a handful, of course. Um, although some of them are a bit more grown up now from the sound of it. Um, I've got three, you know, personally myself and, uh, we, we didn't struggle with ours, but certainly the third, when I was in 
more, I wasn't carnivore at that point, but I was certainly into more the low carb space, low area of insulin resistance and so on. Uh, and my wife was, and, and, and yeah, we got pregnant very, very quickly, uh, with, with the third one. Uh, and it was just funny. I mean, really from the start, you know, we just called her our little carnivore baby, even before I, I even knew what carnivore was because <laughs> all she, all she ate was meat. Yeah. She just refused carbohydrates of any kind, even like bread, sugar, like sweet stuff. She just didn't want it. Yeah. It was, it's it was fantastic. funny. It was just, just meat and cheese. That's all she ate literally mm. from breast milk to just meat and cheese almost. And all those kind of prepackaged foods and stuff like she just, just violently kind of <laughs> <Good> <laughs> refused. <laughs> and, and she's the, you know, my other kids, when they hear this at some point down the line, they might hate me, but she's, she's the strongest. I mean, she's for age. She's, by far the tallest she is just we call her like our little tank like she is just solid yeah like she could she could be a rugby player like no doubt love it and she's super intelligent for her age and she's two and she's like almost potty trained through the night i mean maybe it's coincidence i don't know but yeah i've had people ask not. me that as well and it's like you know you'll never know right you, yeah. you just can't ever know but you know the science and you know your intuition and you just know how differently you have done it and um, you know they are who they are and you know as said you did the best you can and they're doing the best they can but you know like I've had to teach and um, help my older kids unlearn and relearn mm -hmm. and you know I've said to them look you know they've all got gut issues it's to some degree and uh I've said look that's I'm responsible for that I just didn't know and I'm really I'm really sorry but I'm gonna do everything I can to help you rectify it now because we know the power of the gut it can really heal it means we have to do a little bit of hard stuff and it means we have to miss out on a few things initially to kind of just get that happening but if we do that the rewards are are so much better and you look at that in the context of a parent as well I think it's you know what you were saying around <clears throat> how do you feed what do you feed your kids well what do you feed humans what do humans thrive on you know we have to take all the emotive layers out of it and really peel it back to the bare bones and, and this is what I do with my clients you know I, I'm not going to sit here and 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 you know challenge your beliefs I'm just going to tell you the truth what we know and then you know we'll work through it based on what you believe but your you know beliefs don't the truth doesn't really care about what you believe I think it's so much easier when we just peel it back to that so what do humans need to thrive and I remember reading a book by um, I'm not sure if you know Christine Cronow she's um She's been in the space. She's one of the, oh, she's not very active in the space now. She really runs her own own world. But she had a SEMA Holtra out, you know, in 2016. Um, she was one of the first to sort of talk about this uh, low-carb, high-fat diet. And she's got a couple of books that she's written and one of them I have, uh, you know, I think she wrote it in 2012. And uh, in it she talks about what to feed her children and, well, kids, and she talks about the essential. As we know, when you look at the the reality it's essential that they have protein and fat carbohydrates are not essential right but of course we're told that that's what they should eat mostly so really from that moment on I let go of forcing my kids to eat anything they didn't want to eat I had I made sure that their plate was mostly protein and fat and you know then if that's your foundation if that's your 90%, no one's ever perfect. It's not about being perfect. It's doing the best you can, having access to the right knowledge, but really letting go of the beliefs too that sugar and sweet stuff is love and it's a treat. It's not. What is love is spending time with your children, taking them to the park, you know, getting off phones and, and 
iPads and different things and doing things with them. Um, that's love. Like Easter for me with my kids is now a pair of, new pair of pyjamas or they, they get to go to Luna Park or something. You know, it, it's just a matter of challenging those things. Um, and just on that as well, it's so worth doing because what we know about uh, sugar addiction, I had to overcome my own sugar addiction and uh, we know it actually starts in childhood. So if we are feeding our children this diet that we're told to feed with them, which is the white diet, so it's all white stuff, flowers, all this refined stuff, plus all these sugars, we are actually setting them up potentially to struggle. And sugar addiction is the gateway addiction. You know, it can lead to many other things. 100% it affects their brain. So when you look at the facts, it gets a little bit easier. We Yes, it's hard. Yes, but life is hard. You know, we are, we have to, as parents, take responsibility for what our children eat when they're little. And of course, when they're older, like I've got older kids now, I have to release them to make their own choices. They all work. They're off. Some of them, my oldest doesn't even live at home. He's doing his own thing. They have to make their own choices. And I, that's not up to me, but in my home, I have a, there's an unwritten rule that whatever I, whatever I buy, because I'm the one generally responsible for bringing what comes into the home, mm-hmm. whatever is here, I'm saying to my kids, you can eat this. So I just don't buy stuff that I don't think is acceptable for them to eat. Uh, does that mean they don't have popcorn and plain crisps every now and again and stuff like that? No. They go to a party, they make their own choices. But then there's consequences of those choices as well. So my little steak man, my little carnivore, <laughs> He'll go to a party, have a bit of the cake. He's like, oh, because he looks at me. I'm like, darling, you make your choice. But he'll come back home and he'll be on the toilet with diarrhea. So that's the consequence of it. That's all about them learning. I know one party here and there is not going to affect his long-term health. It's much more about this 90%, 80 90% that we do in the home. And that is my responsibility while they're that age. Mm. I'm sorry it's not theirs. It's mine. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, unless the kids are going out and buying their own food, you know, it, it is generally going to be the parents that are buying that food for them. And so you, I think the parents are responsible for what they're feeding their kids. Um, I mean, one thing that people, of course, often complain about is the price mm-hmm. of food. Yep. <laughs> and in particular, the price of, we, we all complain about the price of food. Um, and this is the same, I think, pretty much all over the world. I mean, Australia is no different to anything else, really. Um, the UK, you know, states that they're all going in with inflation. Um, it's a common complaint that I hear that that good food, healthy food, meat in meat in particular, is too expensive for people. Um, where do you kind of stand on that? What what do you think about that in terms of the cost versus the nutrition debate? Yeah. Well. There's a lot in that. I mean, ideally, real food should be the cheapest, but of course, it's not going to be like that. That's not how the economy works. So we have to accept that and really look at a way around it. So my belief is that it is the most essential, you know, this is nutrition and this is what I want my family to eat most. So um, do I like spending hundreds of dollars a week on that? No, but I get creative. So things go on special a lot. I buy in bulk. I buy things on special. I freeze them. I pre-make things in bulk as much as I can. Um, and I think I just have to know that the payoff is not immediate. You know, there's such a there's such a short-term 
you know, pull for this instant gratification, but we have to look longer term. So we may not see the payoffs immediately, but we will in what we're setting our children up, you know, for in terms of their long-term health. I mean, that is, again, you're, you're not necessarily going to see that straight away, but we have to understand that what goes in the mouth is the most fundal, fundamental puzzle piece to our health and lifestyle and chronic diseases is prevalent. Um, and it start, it does start, it starts in childhood and it's just, I don't know, like we have to let go of some of the ease and the comfort now to put in the hard yards to get the longer term benefits for our kids because why wouldn't we want that? You know, I have this conversation a lot, my husband and I and with my clients and different people and it's like, you know, you would die for your kids, right? You would do anything for them. So mm-hmm. are you going to do what you can to help them live a great life as well and for you to have the right, you know, the best health possible so you can contribute and be, you know, as, as, as active a parent and as, and I don't know, it's not, it's not easy and, and don't in any way think I'm judging because I realise the challenges out there. But again, it's about trying to take the emotion out of it and understanding it from a place of this is what we know. How can I do it? There are so many different ways, you know, direct to the farmer, buying in bulk, buying on special. I do not believe grass-fed is any way superior if it means you can't afford it. Yes, I get that it is, I, you know, that's where we want to go in the longer term, regenerative farming, grass-fed meat, but that's out of reach for many people mm. and it's out of reach for me. <clears throat> yeah. So it's about really buying what we can afford and I'm going to cough. That's all right. Uh, that's all right. That's okay. Tracy is recovering from the flu, so she's doing very, very well <laughs> to not not cough all through this interview. But uh, we'll see what we can edit out. So don't don't worry too much. Um, no, I, I think you made some really good points there. And I, I heard on um, you were talking to uh, Linda Rose, who is a nutritionist with a whole body uh, a whole body uh, podcast, uh, and you were saying again there about bringing it back to the truths, you know, the reality, taking the emotion out of that debate i think is actually very very useful i think a big problem there though is that people aren't told the truth that's right that's that's the problem is they're saying well what is the truth how do i know what the truth is because they're being told it's okay to just go and stock up on pasta because pasta's cheap and you know i was having this debate with uh with a doctor not that long ago on twitter and they were basically trying to argue that it was better for people to just go and essentially just buy empty calories in pasta with with almost no other nutritional value you know very little vitamin content very little mineral content basically no fat uh, absolutely no omega-3 fatty acids no dha that the need for brain development any of these other essential proteins and so forth the protein is basically completely locked away in gluten you know the bioavailability is like well less than five percent or something off the top of my head and they were trying to argue that this was essentially better for people than going out and buying, you know, like ground beef on special in bulk and just eating ground beef that's got the fat and it's got the protein. And, you know, it, it may be less calories, but it's far more nutritious for mm, it doesn't have the gluten. Cost. <laughs> exactly. And it hasn't got the anti-nutrients and so forth. Correct. And I think this is part of the problem is yeah. I, I'm sure this doctor was very well-meaning. I'm sure they weren't trying to, you know, purposefully trick people or anything like that. Um, I don't, I don't believe they were, uh, trying to trick people. Um, but I think that's part of the problem is again, as, as, as doctors, as healthcare professionals, you know, we've also been told, well, it's, it's better to just go and eat the pasta. 
that's what that's we've right. been told. The food pyramid is we'll eat eat the things in bulk uh, and just get those calories. It's all about calories, and we're completely disregarding uh, any other macronutrient and, and micronutrients. Mm. So I think that's people right. just just aren't told that truth. So they they genuinely don't know. Mm. And so they feel when they when they see that choice of well I can buy a kilo of pasta for a dollar, or I can buy a kilo of meat for fifty dollars. What am I going to buy when I'm on a budget? Mm-hmm. They just think I, well a kilo, a kilo is a kilo. Like well yeah. actually they're not. They're two completely different things. Uh, and I think that's that's also a big 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 part of the problem there. It's a big part of the problem, and I, I think it, you know nothing I've ever said or will ever say is that it doesn't come without its challenges. I mean, you look at where, you know, how you decided to challenge your beliefs. I think there is usually a very personal story behind that happening, and that's just human condition. That human nature is we generally don't challenge something until it stops working. But what we also tend to do is we tend to think that if something's not working, I'm just not doing it hard enough. So instead of totally changing the way we believe or challenging what we believe, we just think I've just got to go mm. even harder. And that's that's actually essentially most of the work I do because I've seen that the way we think and our beliefs get in the way all the time. And, and you know, you can't force someone to see something they're not ready to see. So what you're actually doing um, is incredible because You've had, you've challenged your beliefs and now you're sharing it. And you're actually, this is the only way we can get people curious enough to challenge it. People generally don't like being told what to do. So if we say you should do this, they will do the opposite. That's, again, it's human (laughs) nature. But if we give people access to the information, then when they are ready, when they are curious enough to actually look at the reality of their situation, which if if people did that today, stopped, reflected, and were honest with themselves and said, okay, what I'm doing is not working. Mm. It does not matter how much the cost is if it's not working for you. This is the, this is life. Mm-hmm. We have one shot at it. How do we want to, to fuel ourselves through this life? And, you know, these are big questions. We get on this treadmill of life. We live on autopilot most of the time. We don't stop to think until something absolutely slams us down. And that was like it was with me, you know, again, it's not judgment. It's how it was. It's how we tend to work. Hmm. But we don't have to, I think, um, I think access to information is a big thing. You know, I started, my second business is the Low Carb Lifestyle Hub. I started that to to really give people access to what I consider to be um, good information and accurate information. And as I said before, you know, if we peel back the layers of, of dogma and what we believe and look to the facts, it's so, so, so clear. That's undisputed, right, as to what is nourishing and what isn't. Marketing and all that rubbish that gets in the way, the food pyramid, which we know is about corporations, is not about health. All of that does muddy the waters. That's what they want us to do. But we are smart and we do. we can look beyond that to the truth but we have to want to do that and we do exactly as you say we have to take the time out of our life to do those things and if we don't well you know that's that's you know everyone's making their choices we're making choices every single day with how we live our life Mm. um yeah mm. no i I think you're right and and certainly we we do see all the time people you know saying well what i'm doing isn't working so maybe i just need to do it harder I must just need to do it more harder. I need to go more into it. 
Um, and we see this a lot, certainly with people. I saw a patient the other day, you know, trying to lose weight, couldn't lose weight, feeling terrible, just pretty much just eating salads all the time. Uh, and then, you know, was eating salads all the time to try and lose weight, but then couldn't quite work it out until I then, you know, said, well, maybe it's the salads that's the problem. Actually, she couldn't realize that the salads were the, was the thing that was making her feel really tired and terrible. And her mentality was just, I just, I'm feeling tired. I can't lose weight. I need to do the salads more. <laughs> I mm. need to do more of what I'm doing because it's not working. And I just said, well, maybe what you're doing isn't working. Maybe just change what you're doing. And, and for her, that was just like a light bulb moment. Yes. It was just like, oh my God, Love like, it. how did I not see this? Like, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yep. It's not working for me. It hasn't been working. I've been doing it harder. I actually do just need to make a change. Mm. But it sometimes takes a while for mm -hmm. people to get there. Um, it's interesting that you say, of course, a lot of it starts with a personal journey. And with yourself, of course, that was the same. With myself, it's the same. I think really anyone that's that I've spoken to ever, certainly that I've interacted with on any level that's kind of outside of the standard, you know, kind of guidelines, the food pyramids and so on, it's always been a personal health journey that's awakened them yes. <laughs> to the truth if, if, if right. we can say that yep um and your journey of course you were 40 years old personal trainer so i'm assuming you know reasonably fit and active training your clients and so forth um and yet you were developing pre-diabetes and and fatty liver um so do you think that was you know purely lack of exercise as we are very often told <laughs> i'm assuming not mm. but Presumably, then your thought was, oh, "Hang on, this is actually my my diet." Did you did you think straight away that okay, this is my diet, or did you still question that? Did you still think about the exercise and so on? Well, it does take a while, I think, to sort of release yourself from the eat less, move more, you know, dogma. I mean, I was, you know, under it, <laughs> under the the spell of that rubbish for for most of my life too. But um, I think, you know, I had to get over the, I had to really get over the fact that it wasn't my fault I just thought you know what you know yeah it was all me what am I doing wrong I'm missing something I you know I like most of my clients and most of the people you will see I just thought oh, I've got to go back to weight loss weight watchers or I've got to go back to you know I've got to go back to that because yes we know for a short time that might work and then of course it's never sustainable so you know I just thought there was something else I had to do and um I think I think I was just lucky enough to find um, actually one of the uh, low carb GP in the space, one of the first ones, and he just said to me, "Here, look, go and read this stuff." He gave me Prof Noakes's name, and mm. um, and I just happened to just go down, down that rabbit hole. And you know, as we do, I mean, it doesn't take long for you to go, "Oh my goodness." You know, mm. wow. Eyes are just opened. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What am I doing? And. Uh, um, well, what have I got? I've got nothing to lose because clearly the path I'm on isn't working. And yes, if I don't do something, it's, you know, I know because I'm 50 this year now and I know I would have type 2 diabetes if I didn't hadn't changed back then. I guarantee it. It's in my family. You know, I've got all this in my family as well. And we know that it's not genetics, but there is a genetic component there and uh, 100%. Um, so... Yeah, I just think I had that epiphany, like, you know, your client did from that one comment from you that, gee, you know, I've just got to try something different. And then when you do read and, uh, you know, uncover it, and then you're like, well, I might as well try it. And I remember standing there um, 
<laughs> so, you know, a lot of sources, you know, we have to do that. We have to gather knowledge from a lot of people. And I encourage people to do that, listen to different people, but then stop listening to people that are giving you different advice from that. We get ourselves all caught up and we keep listening to people who are giving us the wrong advice. It's just so much easier to stop listening to them. So I really narrowed my my pool of wisdom, if you like, and people that I was listening to. But I would cook dinner for the kids. I started adding butter and, you know, all this stuff that I'd not had and was cooking them meatballs and sausages and different things in the pan. And I remember probably for two years I would have that thought in my head come up every time I cooked that I was giving them heart disease. Mm. You know, understanding, again, beliefs, thoughts, all that stuff, how it's doesn't want us to change it's going to come up still even though we have new knowledge doesn't mean it's going to be we're going to be able to put it into practice quickly we have to take the time to ease into it and also understand that we'll be filled with doubt we'll be filled with questions of you know what are you doing and that's okay is there something in that probably not but if there is look but then keep going and create your new path but understand it's not going to take have an overnight. It's going to take a while. Experiment. I love the way you did your carnivore thing on social media, you know, 30-day experiment. And that's what we need to do. You know, 30 days is a great experiment to see what's possible. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I went carnivore when I was 46 because I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's. I had it when I was 40. I had it during my 30s. It was just never diagnosed. But I, I got the diagnosis at 46 when I thought I was going through menopause. It wasn't menopause, it was that. Mm. And so I'd already done the work, you know, was doing the research about it, following Sean Baker, all of that, and um, had a few clients keen to try it. So as soon as I got that diagnosis, I'm like, right, that's it. So that was right. one part of my healing, going carnivore. And I'd probably say I'm 99.9% carnivore now still. And right. uh, I love okay. it. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you what you're actually eating. I guess you've already answered that, that question because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, low-carb can mean, I mean, can mean almost can. anything. So yes. um, so you went carnivore pretty much just to to try and heal the hypothyroidism? Mm. So yes, uh, I did. How, and how, was, my... how was that? Has it worked? Yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, it worked um, very quite quickly, actually. So I went carnivore strictly for six months. I did take out eggs. Eggs were a problem for me, which I know is really difficult because eggs, are, you know, are in everything. But I did have an intolerance to eggs that I once I took them out and, you know, I my gut healed, um, I was able to put them back in. <clears throat> so now my diet is mostly eggs and uh, meat. Um, I don't eat chicken I just don't like it the weak bird it never never filled me up and I never really enjoyed it so I eat a lot it's mostly red meat it's seafood mm-hmm. I uh, I like prawns and you know oysters and things like that but basically most days it would be steak um, lamb chops uh, and eggs and it's pretty much one or two meals a day and that's it and I did take me a while to, um, you know, the, the sweet, the, the sugar addiction was very real. It took me a long time to, I took out sugar, but I replaced it with low carb sweeteners. And I didn't know at the time that, you know, I was just feeding it still didn't, you know, it, but I had to go through that, you know, journey and, and understand all of that. So at 40, I cut sugar first. That got me to a certain point. Then, you know, maybe 18 months later, we realized, you know, we took all the carbs out. We sort of made all that transition over. And then I would say 
I sort of slipped down into sort of more keto after, you know, that. But what I didn't know was that, you know, low-carb keto, I had introduced a lot more of the, the stuff that, you know, we know is not really good for people with autoimmune so I was consuming a lot of nut flour, a lot of nuts, a lot of nut milk, a lot of uh, greens, a lot of cauliflower, which are very big on the low-carb diet and mm. actually full of anti-nutrients that are not good for someone with autoimmune. Yeah, I mean, I'm presuming there was quite a high oxalate diet. Very high. There which yes. is fairly typical for certainly yes. anyone going vegetarian or vegan, but certainly a lot of keto people as well. Mm. Um, do you think that that is what maybe triggered your thyroid problems? Because we know that oxalates can, you know, kind of reside in the in the thyroid as well as other places. Or do you think, I guess you'll never really know, but... No, but I, <laughs> I, I've thought about it. <clears throat> so my my mum um, has was you know, has had Hashimoto's since she was in her early 20s. <clears throat> and um, I actually had an autoimmune condition. I had reactive arthritis when I was 21. So right. back then, though, I didn't know it was autoimmune. I didn't make any connection. It took me a couple of years to get better, but then I never really thought about it. During my 30s, when I was, I was ballooning up and going back and ballooning up and going back and, um, you know, I went through a divorce. So that's why I have five children. So I was married, had three kids. Mm -hmm. I got divorced. And then my husband and I now, we have our two boys. Um, so, I, you know, th my 30s was pretty stressful. And uh, I know I had it then. I have all the signs. I just, I just didn't know I knew it. And I, I didn't find someone that found it for me. I actually think going low carb because I took out so much of the sugar and the pro, you know the grains, it actually got me to a point where I was eighty percent there. So yes, I did start put, putting in more anti nutrients, but I think overall my body was doing better, um, and that's why the symptoms were only kind of mild. They were much more obvious in the th in my thirties, but I just didn't. Mm. Didn't know. Just didn't know it was an issue. No, yeah. I didn't. And as I said, now I'm 50 in a couple of months and um, I'm actually going to go back just out of interest just to see where everything's sitting. But apart from this little flu, which I get once every couple of years, we still get sick every now and again, right? Course, but, yeah. <clears throat> you know, the chronic stuff, I'm about to walk 100 kilometres, you know, with, with my close friends and colleagues and, you know, my ice baths and I'm as leaner and fitter than I've ever been and mm. you know ev all the symptoms that you know dry skin hair loss um you know poor sleep tiredness all of that's gone I don't have any of that yeah so you're not on any medication now none and I never went on it so when I did get the diagnosis it was yep. suggested but I said no and I found somebody else to help me um that would support me just I just I just want I don't feel like I feel fine so mm. I don't really want to go on any medication let me just see what happens in six months mm. and but I did and yeah but you had some symptoms you mentioned some hair loss dry skin I had all that in my 30s though this kind of thing okay yeah okay. but not not really noticeable in my 40s mm. yeah so it was just that what it was was as I said I thought I was going through menopause and it was heat I was getting what I thought were hot flushes mm. 
but actually to you know what it looks like it was was just a reaction to the food i was just you know getting a, this reaction and yeah. my sleep was pretty bad for a couple of years and i think that was really um my main my main symptoms mm. yeah i mean i can understand why you would thought that was was menopause of course because those mm. things are very very common i mean I often say to women when they ask me you know what what are the symptoms of the menopause and i just you know kind of say well open a medical textbook on any page and <laughs> have a look and that might well be be the menopause pretty much uh very varied i mean isn't it amazing though because this is just completely challenging everything that we know about medicine really uh, about health that we can cure these kind of incurable illnesses i mean i remember for a very very long time being taught and, and telling patients that hypothyroidism was incurable yeah. we could only manage it with medications once you're on the tablets you're on them for life and yet now people are curing these incurable illnesses through their diet yep and my mum has pretty <laughs> she's only on a very 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 low dose thyroid medication now you know same mm. i got she's been on it with me now for five years has improved and lost weight and improved her health out of sight my mum's 80 this mm. next week um so you know it is it's like well type 2 diabetes i mean you speak to many doctors i will still say it's incurable what's yeah. the first sign of insulin resistance in a young woman pcos that's incurable i've been told that i mean i never mm. was diagnosed with pcos but i did have you know endometriosis i'm you know i know i did you know and all of it is you know <laughs> we understand yeah. what's going on with insulin resistance absolutely i mean it's highly highly manageable at the very least i mean things like endometriosis yes. we may not cure it of course with the diet but we know it can make a big difference um, and i've had i've had uh, female doctors on this channel previously you know talking about their experience with menstrual health reproductive health and, and improving with a low carb and you know more towards a, a carnivore diet mm. um and i've always said you know reproductive health and sexual health is is one of the primary uh ways that we can see in it's a window into people's metabolic health it, it really is a window into their general health um and if there's menstrual issues if there's erectile issues in men for example yeah there's there's a problem mm. you know barring of course some sort of nerve injury there's there's a there's a problem this is a this is a the canary in the coal mine you know so to speak something is not right so yeah. if there's any women out there listening with menstrual issues if there's any men out there listening of course with erectile issues you know go see your doctor and just say look something's not right my metabolic health is is suffering you know mm. here basically um and go see your doctor can i just say on that because this yeah. is one of the things um i think we're really lucky in australia we have a lot of doctors like you we've got a bit of a really good um i think um collection of low low carb lifestyle friendly physicians that you can go and see um i actually think it's one of the things people should try and do if it's particularly now with telehealth find someone that is supportive and understanding of what's going on with lifestyle change if you change your lifestyle but you continue to see a doctor that does not understand blood blood tests and the impact that this has it will be very very difficult so i think it's 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 not like you would need to change your doctor for all your for everything but for this stuff it is so important to see somebody that has that knowledge um mm. really really yeah. is because you know i mean we've all heard of people that have made changes and then they've gone in their cholesterol's gone up slightly so the doctor's like what are you doing stop eating all that fat here gone statins and it's like 
that you don't yeah. understand. There's yeah. other markers that you need to look at. Oh, absolutely. And I, I would echo that completely. I mean, all, all of my patients know, you know, the way I work with my patients is, you know, in that consultation, I'm your doctor. Outside of that, you're, you're a patient, you go see anyone. You know, if you want to come and see me, that's great. If you want to see me for one thing, see someone else for another thing, absolutely fine, no problem. I think it's really important to not to have multiple doctors necessarily, but to see someone who knows what they're doing. And it would be the same with anything. If you had, you know, we were talking about endometriosis. If you had endometriosis, you wouldn't go to an orthopedic surgeon that does knee replacements because right. they, they wouldn't have a clue what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, maybe they, maybe they, they would if try. they're really, really good <laughs> surgeons, but I mean, realistically, they're not really going to know what they're doing. Mm. Um, and, and, and GPs are fantastic on the whole, but again, we all have our specialty areas and, you know, we, we do see it all the time. You know, people go on these kind of low carb keto diets. Uh, carnivore, of course, is one of those. Their audio goes up by like 0.1 and all of a sudden it's right well okay i've seen that you've you've cured diabetes you've cured your diabetes you've cured your hypothyroidism in your case you've cured your high blood pressure you've lost 50 kilograms you feel amazing you're off your antidepressants but no i'm sorry your 0.1 ldl is now going to kill you you need to stop what you're doing go back mm -hmm. on the standard diet get all those problems back and also now i'm going to give you a statin on top yeah, <laughs> and, and it's just you know can't see the wood for the trees. But unfortunately, this this myth kind of of low carb you know medicine being unhealthy and so on it still gets perpetuated. You know, this morning uh, one of my news that Medscape I think newsletter you know came through and there was a, no, a new study. You know, ketogenic diet doubles the risk of 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 heart disease. Yeah, I saw that. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and I looked I looked into it, and at least thankfully there was a reasonably balanced you know kind of opinion on it. Um, but this wasn't even a ketogenic diet that they were doing. It was like a 25% carbohydrate, 40% fat. I mean, a ketogenic diet is like 1% of calories, maybe, if that. Like, I mean, what, less than 50 grams, less than 40. Mm. Some people are doing less than 20 grams to stay in ketosis. That is not 25% carbohydrates. This is not even a low-carb diet. No, like, but people is, just read the headlines, don't they? You know, mm. and the LDL went up by like 0.5. And to be fair, their cardiovascular risks, you know, outcomes did did worsen. And that's where the tagline came from. But there was no qualification on what these people actually ate at all. It was an observational study. It was not a randomized control trial. And there was no qualification of what these people ate. And for all we know, they could have been eating deep fried Mars bars, you know, 24 <laughs> yep. seven. And that probably would have met their macros. Yep. Yes. You know? And and of course they're going to have terrible cardiovascular outcomes, you know. So this is the thing, the myth still gets gets perpetuated, which is which is a real problem. I know. And the media don't help because they just love the clickbait headlines. They're not pro they're not, you know. They do. <sighs> they and absolutely they, you know, do. But this is where we have to um, as consumers, we have to just get a little bit smarter and we have to see beyond the headlines. And, you know, people send me stuff every day and half of them just like, why are you even bothering? I don't read it. Like, it's pointless. Don't give it air. Don't click on it. You yeah. know, there's nothing new in that for you. You know, in the beginning, we get it's very easy for us to get swayed. Why, that's why we need to find some people like yourself or people that, you know, like Prof Tim Noakes. Um, there's so many, Gary Fecky, you know, so many people out there, the low carb down under stuff, the low carb hub stuff, there's stuff out there. We can really just be really, you know, confident with the knowledge that we get um, and really know that we're doing this for ourselves. I mean, I deal a lot with um, people who whose partners don't want to do it. They want to do it, but their partner doesn't. Of course, we know the world is not going to change. Our drug dealers mm. are everywhere. There's sugar everywhere. It's, 
It's everywhere. We yeah. have to do this and want to do it from mm -hmm. here. Yeah. And, you know, from inside of us and be, okay, see, this is what I mean. The diet starts a huge amount of learning and a big journey. And, you know, it's absolutely exciting if we want to embrace it, but it's really scary as well because we are it is. essentially confronted with being kicked from the tribe, with people thinking we're silly, what are you doing that for? Everybody, you know, will have those challenges and we have to be okay with going through that and not being swayed by just what everybody else is doing, um, you know, and then we, but, but it feels better once we get past that, you know, this empowerment, I mean, I couldn't care less. I, I, I don't care what anyone does. I'm happy to help anyone who wants the help. If they want to judge me, I don't care. I don't take any of that on either. I mean, it's 10 years in the space. I'm a little bit, you know, I've got a bit of a tougher skin, but I wasn't always like that, you know, like I was, I found it really, really hard as well and I was insecure and I didn't want them not to love me because I was eating meat and not vegan, you know, mm -hmm. stuff. Mm. So these are all the challenges of it starts with dietary changes. Where does it end? It's great. Yeah, I mean, that's it. you can become a little bit personally um, uh, an outcast sometimes, you know, if you do yeah. have a different diet, not necessarily <clears throat> low-carb or carnivore, just, you know, any, any different, you know, diet. Um, but isn't it interesting, you know, like a vegan diet is, is socially acceptable to, you know, just refuse food and, and so on because it's not vegan yet you go to a restaurant and sorry, there's, you know, I don't want to eat cause there's nothing I want to eat on this. And everyone, you know, kind of like makes a big song and dance about it. But actually, I mean, I've, I've found personally when I go out with family, like no one cares, no one cares. They just order their food and they're eating it. Like I went out for brunch the other day. I just didn't order anything cause there was nothing I wanted to eat. And they didn't just have like a steak. It was like a, like a cafe and the food looked delicious. It was just, it was all bread, pasta and all the rest of it. And so I just didn't eat it. I just didn't eat and no one cared. <laughs> no one cared. It's funny. It's only yeah. our, our little stories in our head, you know, in but everyone else has got their own stories in their yeah. head. And it's, it's occasionally, yeah, we do get people that bite and they do say something, but that's, you know, yeah. that, that is all about them. That's okay. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, I just, I just try and use that as a as an education you know oh yeah. do you do you want to talk about it you know no okay fine leave me alone then <laughs> you know if you do let's talk um it's interesting you say though of course that people even at home can sometimes cause an issue now i do see this i'm sure other doctors that do this kind of work weight loss work in particular we see it all the time i'm sure you see it family members sabotaging yeah people what do you say to people who are experiencing that i mean do you have any practical tips for people because there's going to be people, people people out there listening to this saying yeah this is all well and good but my husband my wife my girlfriend partner whatever you know they they sabotage me like it's really hard do you, mm. what kind of tips do you have for people maybe well let me tell you a story that um because this is every day and every client that i particularly the female clients that i have um Oh, it's funny, I think the men that want to do it, generally their wives are really supportive and they will, you know, make an effort to help them. Does, the other way yeah, can I be agree. quite challenging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I had a client, I have a long-term group. So they people come in, two Zooms a week. It's We're connecting every day. Um, it's closed at the moment, but it's a six to 12 month because I know how long it can take to heal. Um, and I had a other lady in the group and she said to me the other day, she said, you know what, Tracy, she said, my husband has finally um, 
making choices. Like he stopped drinking every night. He's making better food choices. And it's been about three weeks now. And oh my goodness, the difference is amazing. And I said, I said, what's well, fantastic. I said, what happened? She goes, I stopped judging him. I stopped telling him what to do. I stopped, you know, trying to get him to do it the way I was doing it. And I just allowed him to do it. I didn't support him, but I didn't judge him. I just let it go. And, you know, he said to me, when as human beings, when we feel judged or pushed in a certain direction, we'll dig our toes in just for the sake of it. But as soon as he felt that release that she wasn't doing that anymore, he was able to be curious enough to try it himself because he wasn't felt like he didn't feel like he was being told to do it. So it's so, so, so important that you focus on you and you have that courage to do that. And you need to release everybody that you love to do them and have their own journey. Not everybody is going to have the same journey as you. It, that's okay. But if you can remain true to you, no matter what everybody else is doing, if you still, if you, you know, are strong in your choices, you release everybody to make their own, I, I, I just, I know it will change. If you push someone, if you tell them, if you constantly, you know, women don't mean it. We want the best for our, our husbands. We love them dearly. But sometimes it does come across as, you know, as pushy and they don't like it. Men, nobody likes it. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think it's the first step is just saying that you're the only one that is responsible for you. You're actually not responsible for anybody else. And women have to accept that because we're very, very loving and caring and we are the caregivers. But codependency or thinking that we are responsible for everybody else around us is not, it's not true. It's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to love the people in our life as they are. Because what they read is your, your, your love is conditional on me changing my diet or doing something else. You read it as I love you so much. I don't want you to get sick and I want to tell you how you can avoid it. It's unfortunately a mismatch and, you know, you have to see that if the most important thing is keeping the bridge open, keeping that relationship intact. If there is judgment, it'll affect the relationship and it just mm -hmm. it, you just lose that opportunity for them to get curious and say, okay, I can see incredible differences in you. I'm so proud of you or I'm really interested now. Show me or tell me how can I how can I do this? But people have to come there at their own pace mm. and in their own way. Yeah, I think that's very, very good advice. And the and the research does, you know, kind of hold true. It does support what you're saying there, that telling people what to do just doesn't really work. You know, you have to kind of invite them to make their own decisions and just kind of do what what you want to do. And it's interesting because of course I've I've only recently started this podcast, really recently relaunched my kind of YouTube. And of course, like every YouTuber does, you know, they've been looking, I've been looking at uh, how to grow your YouTube channel and so on. And they even talk about this kind of stuff, you know, in the titles, in the thumbnails, in the descriptions, you know, don't tell people what to do. Tell them what you are doing. Yes. And the research shows you'll get far more people watching it or listening to it because we can watch that with a with an air of i'm just curious uh you're not exactly. talking but 
oh, actually, that does resonate with me. Perhaps there's something in that that yeah. I can take on. It's That's it. Very cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> rather than just being kind of lectured, you know, oh, you're you're just doing it wrong. Mm. Um, and I think that's the thing. Very often, I mean, as a GP, of course, we do quite a lot of kind of relationship issues and so forth, and we do see this all the time, this kind of thing. And I often say to people, look, there's a, there's a big difference between, you know, talking and communicating, and and you've really got to try and see where the other person's coming from, like what their perspective is, and you know, what use what you think you're saying may not be how it's perceived, and that's I think really exactly what what you're saying there. Um, any practical tips for people who are, you know, doing all the cooking in their household? Because this is another complaint I hear. Well, how can I do a keto diet or how can I do low carb if I'm trying to make food for five people, for four people, five people, whatever? Any practical tips for people there? Well, again, I think you need to just release yourself a little bit from what you currently believe is the issue and just step back and look at what's going on. You, you know, I can give you plenty of of tips but i don't know what's going on in your you know in people's particular environment and particular family i just know that you can see more than how you're seeing it and we have to let go of of it you know we focus so much oh it's too hard i can't do it well if that's what you think well of course it's going to be like that way change it around to be okay this is important to me how am i going to navigate it so do i have to get it right first up no Am I going to try different things? Yes. So, you know, it evolves. You know, mine's totally evolved. I mean, we're all pretty much carnivore in my family now. Dinner is the most easiest thing ever. Just uh, which protein are we having tonight? <laughs> yeah, it's Absolutely. nice, isn't it? <laughs> it is so easy. I love it, you know. And then if my boys want to go and have some berries and cream, they'll get it themselves. It's always, you know, there's always other options in the fridge but I, you know, I don't have to eat it. And I also can say to my kids, you know, often my boys, when they come home from school, they're starving. I try and I'm lucky I work from home, but I've created that so that when they're home, dinner is ready. So they'll come home and have, you know, their burgers or their steak or their, you know, mince, whatever. And then after that, I don't have to worry because, you know, they can have whatever they like, you know, if they're still some yogurt or cheese or whatever after that. Um, I just think you have to play with it and I have to you have to be again okay with challenging how it's always been done. I think that's what the we're up against mostly. So dinners generally for a lot of families I understand are the time when you sit down and you know you do eat together. Now I have had clients that have said this is the only time I can't not eat. I have to, you know, I said, well, okay, but let's just hold that a little bit loosely because what you're trying to do is tap into your hunger. We know when we eat, when we're not hungry, we are, you know, our signals are going to get all confused. Uh, it's about being with your family. The food mm. is a side effect of that. So you can sit there and say, at the moment, mummy's not hungry. I just ate before, but I, you know, I'm still going to sit down with you and engage and we'll still talk and we'll still do things. See, we can challenge it. It's when we sit there and don't see we can that it looks too hard and we come up with these grandiose statements. Oh, I, I can't, I can't eat that way. My kids can't, you know, like, of course you can. You need to have that clarity on what matters and why you're doing it. And then mm. you just experiment with it. I mean, to me, it's the easiest. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing to think about because just because you're, you, you've decided, right, and you understand the benefits of eating a certain way and limiting carbs, do you know what? Your whole family's going to benefit from that. Mm -hmm. Now, if you can't, you can't do it overnight, but you can certainly ease your family into 
zoodles or, you know, replacement things with the carbs, little bits, you know, if you want to do that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's just challenge it. You know, I think anything we see is challengeable. We've just got to see we can challenge it um, and play around with it till you find something that works. Uh, and they will be confronted. They will be challenged. Oh, why are we not having this? Why are we having that? They're allowed to be. It's yeah. not on you. It's not your job to manage their emotions, but you can be very clear with we're giving this a go. We're going to try how this works, see how it goes. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's very good advice. I mean, obviously, not everybody works from home. Of course, they don't have that no. have that ability. I mean, it was some, certainly something in our household that came very much in handy because uh, my wife and I both work full time. Our kids go to after school care and so on. By the time they get home, they are absolutely starving. And of course, with kids, they just they need food now. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, was was the slow cooker. Um, Perfect. And, 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 you know, or, you know, pressure cooker, of course, but a slow cooker, you can put it on the night before, in the morning, go out, especially things like mints, you know, and so oh, on, exactly. stews, that kind yep. of thing. You know, really very, very useful uh, tool there. As long as people that, you know, don't have histamine issues. I know I have got some people with the EDS yes. and so on, they've got histamine issues, Same. but yep. slow cooked foods can, can be a problem there. But, you know, otherwise, yeah, slow cookers and so on, you know, and just, and yeah, pre pre making, you know, kind of food putting it in the fridge, you can just warm it up. There are ways that we can you know, obviously, you know, get there around are, these things. There are ways. And I think, again, it's about taking the time to consider different options and try different things. And everyone's circumstances is different. And your circumstances are like a lot of people. Um, acceptance allows us to see more. This is the reality I have. How am I going to navigate around it? I'll tell you one thing that's totally... Um, made my life so much easier as we get um there's a company in melbourne i live in melbourne there's a company called eggs direct we get eggs like three, 13 dozen delivered every week so regardless of what's going on whether i've had because i don't get time to go to the supermarket when i need to all the time you know like i've got to try and fit all that in in my day as well mm. but there are always eggs in my house so mm. fried eggs scrambled eggs boiled eggs they make a meal add some butter add some salt add a bit of cheese if you want there mm. is you know if there's nothing there's eggs <laughs> yeah. and you're okay with eggs now i'm fine now and my kids yeah. obviously my whole family we eat yeah. a lot of eggs and it, it is that well you know i'm um, there's nothing else there's no i haven't got any you know been to the butcher or i do get all my meat delivered now too because again mm. it's just easier for me to have it all there yeah but sometimes there's a gap and you know it's just gone Go on, especially my older kids, go and cook yourself some eggs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's it. I mean, 13 dozen eggs a week is a, is a lot of eggs. Um, I've got a lot of kids. <laughs> but yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, there are ways that we can make it a lot easier on ourselves, of course. And sometimes it does just take that little bit of imagination thinking about how we can how we can do it. Um, I'm conscious of time. Yes. And there's a lot that we've, we've spoken about. There's a lot that we haven't <clears throat> spoken about because, of course, you've got um you're not just your own health journey of course you are you know a, a, a kind of a health coach and so on a personal trainer of course you've got your own book you've got your own podcast um do you want to talk about any of those other things there as well tracy um yeah sh sure i mean i'm uh, i don't put, do any personal training now so i uh you know i i realized you know, when I was about 42, that I was going to be able to make more of an impact with the coaching. So that's when I went down the path of health coaching. 
Um, I think, you know, I think it's really important to see that however we're seeing something is just one way to see it, you know, just get off that automatic pilot and that treadmill for, for a bit of time to just look at the picture. You know, I often explain to my, my clients, you know, we're looking at an, we're looking at an issue or what's going on in our life through, you know, when you're a little kid and you go up to a window and you squish your nose onto it because you're trying to see in, there's no perspective in there. We're missing many parts of the puzzle and many, much of the big picture. So just, just allow yourself to step back a little bit, really see what's important. Can I just tell you that values are the most important thing we can ever realize in our life? Like, I know what matters to me. I know what I value. I know what matters to you. See, you, if you if you don't think if you don't make a place in your heart for valuing nutrition and a healthy lifestyle, your mind's going to always come up with different ways to take you away from that. Everything's going to be too hard. It can't find a solution. Oh, I can't be bothered. This, that, and the other. We all have days like that. I still do. But at the end of the day, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, it's easy for me because I've done the work of working out why it's important to me and why it matters. Um, and I think that's really my journey. It started with a diet and I still, uh, you know, with my work um, and my learning, I, I, I wasn't sure if I'd stay in the low-carb space. I kind of started looking more in the healing. That's why I'm in the health and healing coach because I really help people that have been in the space and got the knowledge. They just can't transform it into action. And I take them on a really long, it's a long-term healing journey like I've been on. Um, but in the end, I've just decided I love people that really want to try and change. And when I love the low-carb metabolic health, it's so, so important. But I combine it all with it's never the answer. It's never just that one thing. It's the start. Mm. But there's other things that we have to look at in our life our beliefs and our patterns and yes our past traumas and all these things that they get in the way of just doing the things that we want to do mm. um so yeah so i just say look it's oh, we think we have to know everything we think we have to be perfect so we don't have to be any of that we've just got to show up to life and see that the way we see it is is infinite you know we can get curious get curious about what else there is and just try things and see how it plays out and have a bit more fun um, and, you know, with it um, and mm. see how it unfolds for you because it's so worth it. It really is. I absolutely agree. I mean, uh, I've said it before, you know, a number of times I say it to my patients, you know, I, I believe we should be more like our kids, uh, more like children. And I think that's really what you're alluding to there yeah. is just be, be curious. You know, our kids are curious. They're inquisitive. They're wanting to learn. They want to explore. Um, they want to just kind of, you know, take their clothes off and run around naked yeah, and, and so enjoy nature <laughs> and, and and take their shoes off. I mean, you know, most kids, they just, they get somewhere. They just, they want to take their shoes off. You know, why did they want to take their shoes off? Now, we always just think, I think, you know, as parents, oh, you know, you're just being naughty. Why are you taking your shoes off? You know, until I started taking my shoes off mm. and feeling the, and, and grounding, you know, feeling yeah. the ground beneath my feet. I just used to think, why, why are you just, why do you always want to take your shoes off? What's wrong with you? You know, just wear your shoes. And then you realize, oh, I actually feel so much better without my shoes on. And then you start to realize, well, maybe they're just intuitively doing these things. Correct. And we get, we just end up stamping it out of them. And that's what happened to us. Exactly. <laughs> yep. and then, but we're, we're just then stamping it out of them, as you say. Yep. 
uh, and then we're not experiencing the joy that that kids are experiencing you know and we we learn not to be inquisitive we learn not to learn we learn just you know put your head down go through life on this treadmill nine to five come home you know do do your work sort your kids out go to bed wake up the next day do the same you know i I feel like we can learn a lot more from our kids just being inquisitive being curious experimenting with ourselves with our diet with our lifestyle working out what works what makes us feel better what makes us feel worse yeah and just and and just learning ourselves you know that's another big part of it i think is that trust which comes back to, you know, if you have that trust in you, it answers all those other questions of <clears throat> this is hard, how do I manage this, what, do, what, if others, what about if others think this or say this to me, all this stuff comes back. It just doesn't matter if you've done, yep. you know, that you've built that trust in you. I think, again, it, a lot of that is because we're not taught to trust our intuition. Yeah, we have mm. it as kids. It is in us. We haven't lost it. It's not gone it's not been destroyed it's just been conditioned out with a whole lot of stories and beliefs that you know are louder than what that is and mm. i'm glad you sort of said that because i it's a big part of the work i do and actually once a lot of my clients have that they fly you know and i want them i don't want them hang you know hanging around <laughs> i want to show them how they can go and just yes. go and live your life and then that spreads to That's their it. families and their communities and Absolutely. And that's mm. exactly what I want to try and do with my patients is just, is just put that spark in them, yes. get them to the point where they're on the road to recovery, and then just let them just keep experimenting with themselves, really. Yep. Um, I guess your your book, we haven't really spoken at all about your book. I guess you, you cover a lot of this kind of stuff in your book as well. Yeah. So my book's much more about the healing journey. There's a couple, it's called um, You Have Today, 100 Insights That Will Change Your Life. So I wrote it during our second year of lockdown in Melbourne. You know, as you'd be aware, we had a mm. pretty intense. Very long, yes. Yes. So I think it was when we went down into lockdown six or seven in 2021, I, uh, <clears throat> I actually have a bit of an Instagram following and I sort of thought, oh, look, I, I'm going to show people how, because there's so many people suffering and there still is and there always will be. Suffering is a part of the you know human condition. But I think a lot of it comes when we misunderstand what's in our control and what isn't. So I, I made a promise to my, my Instagrammers that I'd show up every day and just share an insight that I that it really helped me. So again, I don't tell anyone what to do. I just show them what I've seen. I only ever talked about talk to what I've seen and just see if that resonated. And I got to day 100 and we were still in lockdown, funny. And I got up the next morning and as insights work, you know, I just had this epiphany, I have written a book. So I took it all off. I said, it's all coming back. I'm just going to collate it as a book. And I did it and I put it, you know, I got someone to help me put it all together as a book and I put it out there. So they're short. Um, there's only, I think the longest is like five pages just to help you see something new in the way you're seeing things currently. There are a couple of insights around food. So I talk about mood and sugar and food and mood, and I talk about insulin resistance. Um, but it's primarily around understanding how we work, the human experience, where it's coming from. When we understand that, again, it's looking at universal truths, not beliefs. But when we understand the universal truths, we're more likely to challenge the things that we believe. And change just, we are free, I think, to make a lot more changes when we see to make different things in our life. So that's my book. And yeah, I love it. <laughs> mm. And you can find that on, I think it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Isn't it? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Kindle and uh, paperback, I think I saw. Yes. Yeah. It's on twenty so percent off at the moment too. So if you wanna... oh well, there we there we go. Viewers and listeners can get twenty percent off on Amazon. So I'll be sure to put a link in the uh, description uh, there. Thank and of course, you. you've got your website as well. Um, that's Health and Healing Coach. Is that right? Um, it's just tracymcbee.com.au. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yep. No, that's okay. And uh, it um is, I mean, that's been a that's really been my work over the last sort of seven years, I guess. And there's a lot of free information on there. Um, heaps, really. They're, whether you're looking for diet, healing, both, there's a lot of stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I had the, I did my, my podcast was around the diet. I've done that for years. There was the Health Evolution Collective and the Heart, the Low Carb Lifestyle Hub, which I still run. But my new podcast now is much more about the insights around healing. Um, it's really where my my I am. I'm home when I talk about that. It's 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 where I I would I want. It's not enough talked about it, I guess, and it's really what makes a big difference to all the other things that we think are the problems. But when we see it's actually coming from the way we think and the way we're seeing things, it just changes automatically the way we look at all those areas in our life. So, yeah. Um, but just one of the things I think that's profoundly changed my life was um, there was a book. Um, there's a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dining by Bonnie Ware. Have you read that book? No, I haven't, no. Oh, well, the number one regret, she's an Australian lady, so she spent a few years after her epiphany, she left corporate, you know, burnt out, decided she would just go into palliative care and help people as, you know, who were, mm. you know, go and do their cleaning and, and care for them and talk to them. And she collated, she was a nurse, she collated a book that, and, and out of it came these five, top five, and the number one regret, was that I didn't live a life that I wanted to live and it was you know I lived the life based on what everybody else wanted me to do around me and I read this book last year Dr Tony Hampton I was interviewing him for a summit and uh, he told me about it and I read it and I look back over my 10 years and that's that's what it's been for me that's where I am now at that place where I am living a regret-free life Mm. Um, living the Amazing. life that I want to I want to live yeah but it took me 10 years you know I yeah. didn't wake up that's yeah. what I'm saying it's it's a, it's a journey it's a process and just enjoy it doesn't mean you can't enjoy your life until you get there like wherever yes. there is yeah. but you know learning to see that we're all on a journey but we can always see more in every single day that we have and it is truly mm. a gift yeah to have no. each day very very wise words there absolutely um how can people find you on social media oh sorry what, what was the name of your of your new podcast um it's called the you have today podcast okay. so it's it's really I, I take an insight so it's just me i take an insight from the book they're only like they're not long maybe 15 20 minutes mm-hmm. and i i've had people so many people say to me i want to know what was where how did you see that or what's Take me a little bit deeper in that yeah. insight. So that's yeah. what I'm doing. I'm just sort of sharing, reading an insight and then talking about how I saw that and how I, how it looks. And mm. um, so it's, yeah, it's just, as I said, it's just fun. It's just a bit, of, you know, for me, it's it's home. It's just, yeah. yeah. No, sharing I t- what I've I seen. Completely, completely. And that's how I, I started this podcast really as well, was just to kind of share some of the things that I'd learned and, uh uh, and then it just it's kind of just expanded from there, really. So um, uh, there's so many things that we haven't spoken about that we I'm sure could have gone into. And there's so many threads I wanted to go into, but it's been a great 
great conversation today with you tracy oh, i am conscious of time because so i've got to get out of the house in a bit and take my three yeah. <laughs> my three daughters for a haircut that's going to be oh, fun. how cute um <laughs> I hoping my it. wife will be back from work in time to join me for that one so Aww. um but uh yes their first haircut in like four years i think so how cute. <laughs> yeah that's how gonna cute. be fun um so you're on social media, of course. Yes, the um, Health and Healing Coach is my tagline on social yeah. media, um, yeah, or so Tracy McBeath. So. Yeah, you're on Instagram and Facebook, I think, aren't you? So yeah, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Not, I'm not on Twitter. It's not my thing. I don't. It's never, never been. Yeah, on I it. don't like. I don't like Twitter either. It's just it's full of people complaining. Yes, it's and very that was negative of, space. Yeah, it it's is very negative. Yes. I don't like it. No. So yeah. that's why I'm not on it. I don't think my clients are sitting there. It's it's people yeah. really trying to push their own opinions instead of being curious enough to mm. try something new. So, mm. yeah. But I do I'm, feel like there is a difference between Instagram and, and yes. Twitter. I'm definitely noticing that in my mm. kind of journey through this. I've never been a big social media person, mm. um, but obviously I'm trying <laughs> trying now. <laughs> but I've definitely that I just, yeah, Twitter's a very negative space, very negative sphere um and uh where and, and it, i think it comes back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier twitter for me seems to be you know do what i do do what i say whereas instagram's more just i'm just doing this yeah i agree and, and, actually and it's if, a you, nice if way. you want to see it you can yeah. see it if you don't scroll past or carry you on know. scrolling exactly yeah. i agree I, think, I agree i think that's a good summary <laughs> And I like Facebook because it um, you can share links. You can. It's much more. I, I, I don't know. There's a different market on there too. I find you know a lot of my clients hang out on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them are on Instagram as well. But that has changed as well over the last you know mm. seven years. I've been growing my account for seven years. Mm. It's different now. But again, it's just it is what it is. And you know, I make it work for my business. I wouldn't do it for my per me personally. It's all about. Mm my business but i am my business right so yeah what i share yeah. is is me no, absolutely i do find facebook is a lot more interactive it is as well i think that's yes. that's the benefit there there's yeah. probably gonna be people listening to this going i've oh, got these boomers talking about facebook but <laughs> appa apparently we are officially boomers if we're using facebook i saw that the other day <laughs> uh but we're also on instagram so we're somewhere somewhere so we're in the middle cool we're, 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 we're kind of we're kind of cool with what it, about tiktok yeah. are you on tiktok oh do you know what? i think i've got like i've got like one follower i think on oh. tiktok <laughs> i i don't i don't yeah i'm i am such a boomer i just i don't get tiktok i honestly don't no, get it I, I don't either. um i i just i'm yeah I will admit I just do not get TikTok. So I think I'm somewhere somewhere between yeah, Facebook and Instagram, I think is where I lie. So Yeah, that's funny. Um, just quickly before you, you let me go, um, I yes. wanna ask you and I'll ask you on air so you can't say no. But sure. in my um <laughs> as I said, I've got the low carb lifestyle hub. We have a membership um where people just pay like, you know, no hardly any bucks a month to be a I have access to great practitioners and mm -hmm. i do live interviews and discuss interactive discussions I've in that seen some of the links you've posted yeah would you would you be interested in coming in uh sometime yeah, sure. when you're free and having a chat and there's everyone's interested Absolutely. in carnivore as well but a carnivore <laughs> doctor yes. you know and especially someone <laughs> so nice as you it would oh, be lovely if yeah you no that, ab that. absolutely absolutely i mean I, I could i could edit this bit out but no i'll, 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 I'll keep it in <laughs> uh no absolutely that would be my absolute pleasure 
Awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, like uh, people are getting in contact with me just saying, look, do you, you want to come and just talk at this thing I'm doing? And like, yeah, great. Just come I think spread it's the fantastic message and, when people are curious and yeah. they want you. I love that. I do yeah. think this is the best part of it. Um, absolutely, it absolutely is. It's great. Yeah. Great. Um, I am conscious of time. I do yes. need to leave and get my kids <laughs> okay. for their haircuts. So thank you so much, Tracy, for coming on this show. It's been Your an pleasure. absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, you. I apologize if there was a bit of disruption halfway through because my kid came in and pulled my microphone out. It's so uh, funny. I love it. But <laughs> um, I it's might, real might life. put that in. It is real life. I might put it in an outtake video at some point. <laughs> like, honestly, like every time they just, they come in and they just, they pull it out. And they They're sending around. you a message, dad, but you go. I know, I know. <laughs> just, just wrap it up and go. Okay. Uh, maybe I better wrap it up and go. Thank yes. you so much, Tracy. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Um, I'll put all your links for the socials and the, the, the book and everything there in the description. So um, Tracy, you've been great. Thank you so much. And I'd love to get you back on the show at some point to talk more about all these other issues that we haven't had time to discuss today. Awesome. Anytime. It was great to meet you. Thank and you. you. Take care, Tracy. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Thank you for this. Li Thank you for listening to this episode of the Meek Medic Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help to spread the word that how, how we can improve mental and physical health through diet and nutrition. If you are interested in improving your own... Okay, let's just re-record that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Meet Medic Podcast. If you found this episode useful, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help out the channel to grow. If you have found this useful and you want to improve your physical and mental health further, please do check out my website, themeekmedic.com, where you can find all my eBooks are currently 50% off with the code 50 off. That's code 50 off, five zero off, O-double-F, for 50% off all eBooks. Take care. Thank you. See you in the next episode.